Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 226. Today, as we finish the book of Ezekiel, we'll notice that God is providing a picture for the people of Israel and for us of how he can and will renew by his power the land of Israel and this world as a whole. It's interesting how the imagery we'll read about is similar to the imagery that's brought up by John in the book of Revelation. And we'll notice also from John chapter 16 that this theme of renewal is something Jesus talks about on a personal level as well, and how he describes that all these things together in one sense are the reason why he can say to them, your sadness will turn to joy. So let's begin with Ezekiel 46 and see this theme of sadness to joy. Ezekiel 46. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The gate of the inner court that faces east will be closed six working days, but on the Sabbath day it will be opened, and on the day of the new moon it will be reopened. The prince will enter by way of the porch of the gate from the outside and will stand by the doorpost of the gate. The priests will provide his burnt offering and his peace offerings, and he will bow down at the threshold of the gate and then go out. But the gate will not be closed until evening. The people of the land will bow down at the entrance of that gate before the Lord on the Sabbaths and on the new moons. The burnt offering that the prince will offer to the Lord on the Sabbath day will be six unblemished lambs and one unblemished ram. The grain offering will be an ephah with the ram, and the grain offering with the lambs will be as much as he is able to give, and a gallon of olive oil with an ephah. On the day of the new moon he will offer an unblemished young bull and six lambs and a ram, all without blemish. He will provide a grain offering, an ephah with the bull, and an ephah with the ram, and with the lambs as much as he wishes, and a gallon of olive oil with each ephah of grain. When the prince enters, he will will come by way of the porch of the gate, and will go out the same way. When the people of the land come before the Lord on the appointed feast, whoever enters by by way of the north gate to worship will go out by way of the south gate. Whoever enters by way of the south gate will go out by way of the north gate. No one will return by the way of the gate they entered, but will go straight ahead. When they come in, the prince will come in with them, and when they go out, he will go out. At the festivals and at the appointed feasts, the grain offering will be an ephah with the bull and an ephah with the ram, and with the lambs as much as one is able, and a gallon of olive oil with each ephah of grain. When the prince provides a freewill offering, a burnt offering, or peace offerings as a voluntary offering to the Lord, The gate facing east will be opened for him, and he will provide his burnt offering and his peace offerings just as he did on the Sabbath. Then he will go out, and the gate will be closed after he goes out. You will provide a lamb, a year old, without blemish, for a burnt offering daily to the Lord. Morning by morning he will provide it. And you will provide a grain offering with it morning by morning, a sixth of an ephah and a third of a gallon of olive oil to moisten the choice flour, as a grain offering to the Lord. This is a perpetual statute. Thus, they will provide the lamb, the grain offering, and the olive oil morning by morning as a perpetual burnt offering. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says. If the prince should give a gift to one of his sons as an inheritance, it will belong to his sons. It is their property by inheritance. 
But if he gives a gift from his inheritance to one of his servants, it will be his until the year of liberty, then it will, ne- it will revert to the prince. His inheritance will only remain with his sons. The prince will not take away any of the people's inheritance by oppressively removing them from their property. He will give his sons an inheritance from his own possession so that my people will not be scattered, each from his own property. Then he brought me through the entrance, which was at the side of the gate, into the holy chambers for the priests, which faced north. There I saw a place at the extreme western end. He said to me, This is the place where the priests will boil the guilt offering and the sin offering, and where they will take the grain up, where they will bake the grain offering, so that they do not bring them out to the outer court to transmit holiness to the people. Then he brought me out to the outer court, and led me past the four corners of the court, and I noticed that in every corner of the court there was another court. In the four corners of the court were small courts, 70 feet in length and 52 and a half feet in width. The four were all the same size. There was a row of masonry around each of the four courts, and places for boiling offerings were made under the rows all around. Then he said to me, These are the houses for boiling, where the ministers of the temple boil the sacrifices of the people. Then he brought me to the entrance of the temple. I noticed that water was flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from under the right side of the temple from south of the altar. He led me out by way of the north gate and brought me around the outside of the outer gate that faces toward the east. I noticed that the water was trickling out from the south side. When the man went out toward the east with a measuring line in his hand, he measured 1,750 feet. And then he led me through the water, which was ankle deep. Again he measured 1,750 feet and led me through the water. This was now knee deep. Once more he measured 1,750 feet and he led me through the water, which was waist deep. Again he measured 1,750 feet and it was a river I could not cross. For the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be crossed. So he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I had returned, I noticed vast number of trees on the banks of the river on both sides. He said to me, These waters go out toward the eastern region and flow down into the rift valley where they, when they enter the Dead Sea. Where the sea is stagnant, the waters become fresh. Every living creature that swarms where the river flows will live. There will be many fish, for these waters flow there. It will become fresh, and everything will live where the river flows. Fishermen will stand beside it from Angedi to Aglam. They will spread their nets. They will catch many kinds of fish, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamps and its marshes will not become fresh. They will remain salty. On both sides of the river's banks, every kind of tree will grow for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail but they will bear fruit in every month because the water source flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Now, just a quick little note here. If you go to the book of Revelation, you'll notice the same kind of imagery of the water, but also the trees on either side of the river flowing, the river uh, having fruit every month, uh, the fruit trees and the fruit also being for the leaves, for the healing of the nations. And all this is showing God's restorative power even to the Dead Sea and making it a fresh uh, lake where things can live, where right now nothing lives at all. Amazing display. Let's continue on in Ezekiel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Here are the borders you will observe as you allot the land to the 12 tribes of Israel. 
Joseph will have two portions. You must divide it equally, just as I vowed to give it to your forefathers. This land will be assigned as your inheritance. This will be the border of the land, on the north side from the great sea, by way of Heth- Hethlon to the entrance of Zadad, Hamath, Maratha, Sabraim, which is between the border of Damascus and the border of Hamath, as far as Hazar Hatakon, which is on the border of Haran. The border will run from the sea to Hazar Enon at the border of Damascus, and the north is the border of Hamath. This is the north side. On the east side, between Haran and Damascus, and between Gilead and the land of Israel, will be the Jordan River. You will measure from the border to the eastern sea. This is the east side. On the south side, it will run from Tamar to the waters of Meribah Kadesh, the river to the Great Sea. This is the south, south side. On the west side, the Great Sea will be the boundary. That's the Mediterranean Sea. To a point opposite Libo Hamath. This is the west side. This is how you will divide this land for yourselves among the tribes of Israel. You must allot it as an inheritance among yourselves and for the resident foreigners who live among you, who have fathered sons among you. You must treat them as native-born among the people of Israel. They will be allotted an inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And whatever tribe the resident foreigner lives, there will you give him his inheritance, declares the Sovereign Lord. These are the names of the tribes, from the northern end, beside the road of Hethlon to Libo Hamath, as far as Hazer Enan, which is the border of Damascus, toward the north beside Hamath, extending from the east side to the west, Dan will have one portion. Next to the border of Dan, from the east side to the west side, Asher will have one portion. Next to the border of Asher, from the east side to the west side, Naphtali will have one portion. Next to the border of Naphtali, from the east side to the west side, Manasseh will have one portion. Next to the border of Manasseh, from the east side to the west side, Ephraim will have one portion. Next to the border of Ephraim, from the east side to the west side, Reuben will have one portion. Next to the border of Reuben, from the east side to the west side, Judah will have one portion. Next to the border of Judah, from the east to the west side, will be the allotment you must set apart. It is to be eight and a quarter miles wide and the same length as one of the tribal portions from the east side to the west side. The sanctuary will be in the middle of it. The allotment you set apart to the Lord will be eight and a quarter miles in length and three and a third miles in width. This will be the allotments for the holy portion for the priests toward the north, eight and a quarter miles in length, toward the west, three and a third miles in width, toward the east, three and a third quarter miles in width, and toward the south, eight and a quarter miles in length. The sanctuary of the Lord will be in the middle. This will be for the priests who are set apart from the descendants of Zadok, who kept my charge and did not go astray when the people of Israel strayed off, as the, as the Levites did. It will be their portion from the allotment of the land, a most holy place next to the border of the Levites. Alongside the border of the priests, the Levites will have an allotment eight and a quarter miles in length and three and a third miles in width. The whole length will be eight and a quarter miles and the width three and a third miles. They must not sell or exchange any of it. They must not transfer this choice portion of land, for it is set apart to the Lord. The remainder, eight and a, uh, one and a two-third miles in width and eight and a quarter miles in length, will be for common use by the city, for houses and for open space. The city will be, the city will be in the middle of it. These will be its measurements. The north side will be one and a half miles, the south side one and a half miles, the east side one and a half miles, and the west side one and a half miles. The city will have open spaces. On the north there will be 437 and a half feet on the south 437 and a half feet on the east 437 and a half feet and on the west 437 and a half feet the remainder of the length alongside the holy allotment will be three and a third miles to the east and three and a third miles toward the west 
and it will be beside the holy allotment. Its produce will be for food for the workers of the city. The workers of the city from all the tribes of Israel will cultivate it. The whole allotment will be eight and a quarter miles square. You must set apart the holy allotment with the, possess- with the possession of the city. The rest on both sides of the holy allotment and the property of the city will belong to the prince, extending from the eight and a quarter miles of the holy allotment to the east border and westward from the eight and a quarter miles to the west border. Alongside the portions, it will be given to the prince. The holy allotment and the sanctuary of the temple will be in the middle of it. The property of the Levites and the city will be in the middle of that which belongs to the prince. The portion between the border of Judah and the border of Benjamin will be for the prince. As for the rest of the tribes from the east side to the west side, Benjamin will have one portion. Next to the border of Benjamin from east side to the west side, Simeon will have one portion. Next to the border of Simeon from the east to the west side, Issachar will have one portion. Next to the border of Issachar from the east side to the west side, Zebulun will have one portion. Next to the border of Zebulun from the east side to the west side, Gad will have one portion. Next to the border of Gad on the south side, the border will run from Tamar to the waters of Meribach Kadesh to the stream of Egypt and onto the great sea. This is the land you are you will allot to the tribes of Israel, and these are the portions, accord, uh, declares a sovereign Lord. These are the exits of the city. On the north side, one and a half miles by measure, the gates of the city will be named for the tribes of Israel. There will be three gates to the north, one gate for Reuben, one gate for Judah, and one gate for Levi. On the east side, one and a half miles in length, there will be three gates, one gate for Joseph, one gate for Benjamin, and one gate for Dan. On the south side, one and a half miles in measure, there will be three gates, one gate for Simeon, one gate for Issachar, and one gate for Zebulun. On the west side, one and a, quarter, one and a half miles in length, there will be three gates, one gate for Gad, one gate for Asher, and one gate for Naphtali. The circumference of the city will be six miles. The name of the city from that day forward will be, The Lord is There. What a great uh, name for the city. The Lord is there showing God's presence, his power to restore and to renew and to turn a dead place into a living place to turn people's lives that have been in exile and in sadness and in sorrow back into joy. And now we turn to John chapter 16, where in this chapter, Jesus speaking to his disciples the evening before his betrayal is speaking to them about the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit and how by God's grace, through what Jesus has done, Jesus can say that their sadness will turn to joy. John 16. Jesus speaking. I have told you all these things so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue, yet, at a, yet a time is coming when the one who kills you will think he is offering service to God. They will do these things because you have not, they have not known the Father or me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you will remember that I told you about them. I did not tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking me, where are you going? Instead, your hearts are filled with sadness because I have said these things to you. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am going away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
For he will not speak of his own authority, but will speak whatever he hears and will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will receive from me what is mine and will tell it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what is mine and will tell it to you. In a little while you will see me no longer. Again, after a little while, you will see me. Then some of the disciples said to one another, What is the meaning of what he is saying? In a little while you will not see me. Again, after a little while, you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. So they kept on repeating, What is the meaning of what he says? In a little while. We do not, we do not understand what he is talking about. Jesus could see that they wanted to ask him about these things, so he said to them, Are you asking each other about this, that I said, In a little while you will not see me, again after a little while you will see me? I tell you the solemn truth. You will weep and wail, but the world will will rejoice, and you will be sad, but your sadness will turn into joy. When a woman gives birth, she has distress because her time has come, but when her child is born, she no longer remembers the suffering because of her joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. At that time you will ask me nothing. I tell you the solemn truth, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive it, so that your joy may be complete. I have told you these things in obscure figures of speech. A time is coming when I no longer speak to you in obscure figures, but will tell you plainly about the Father. At that time, you will ask in my name, and I, will, and I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world, but in turn, I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. His disciples said, Look, Now you are speaking plainly and not in obscure figures of speech. Now we know that you know everything and do not need anyone to ask you anything. Because of this, we believe that you have come from God. Jesus replied, Do you now believe? Look, a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each one to his own home, and I will be left alone. Yet I am not alone because my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have trouble and suffering, but take courage. I have conquered the world. And that's the great hope that Jesus gives his disciples and us today, that the reason we can know that sadness has turned to joy is because Jesus has conquered the world. He has conquered the grave. He has conquered sin. He has conquered death. And in his power and in his grace, he gives new life so that our sadness can be turned into joy. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-